Welcome to the I Am One podcast, where we chat with postpartum support international volunteers to discuss why and how exactly they're supporting the mental health of new families. I'm your host, Danny Giddens. I'm a perinatal mental health certified advocate, a support group leader in my community, and a staff member here at PSI. Hearing one person's story on a podcast changed the trajectory of my life. It was the catalyst to me opening up about my undiagnosed postpartum anxiety, depression, and OCD, processing my own trauma, and realizing that advocacy is my life's work. I'm joined by my co-host, Emily Jankowski-Newton. It's me! I'm the co-host, director of PSI's Climb Out of the Darkness program. We've discovered that there is strength in processing trauma and empowerment in sharing stories. So that's what we're here to do. Our guests will take us on their journey from pregnancy or adoption through their low on to getting help and finding themselves again. And finally, how they're making a difference today. As I always say, it's the coolest club you didn't want to join because being a part of PSI means we went through something. And as a result, I've become connected to the coolest, kindest, most fun people that I would have otherwise never had the chance to meet. One of the most important things that we've learned is that we're not alone. There's something powerful in knowing I am one of many. Whether you're already connected to the perinatal mental health world, looking for ways to support parents and families, or just want to hang out with us in your earbuds, we're so glad you tuned in. And who knows, maybe we'll hear from you next. On today's episode, we're sitting down with the hilarious and dynamic sisterly duo that is Julie Kuntz and Jen Hamilton. We'll hear how PSI helped Julie through the isolation and intrusive thoughts that accompanied her perinatal mental health disorders. And we'll hear how Jen's experience as a labor and delivery nurse has helped her become an outspoken advocate for patients and professionals alike on social media and within her local community. We are thrilled that you've tuned in to the I Am One podcast's final episode of 2023. And don't worry, we'll be back with more incredible stories in 2024. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this absolute banger of an episode with our friends, Julie and Jen. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the I Am One podcast are the speaker's own. Tuning into this podcast is not a replacement for therapy or any other form of professional help. Our discussions cover personal stories of perinatal mental health disorders and may feel triggering to some listeners. Your number one priority is to take care of yourself. So if you are in need of support, please reach out to the PSI Helpline by calling or texting H-E-L-P to 1-800-944-4773 for help in English and in Spanish. At PSI, we want you to know you are not alone, you are not to blame, and with help, you will be well. Okay, let's get on with the podcast. Welcome to the podcast studio, Jen and Julie. We are so excited to see both of you again. We had the pleasure of sitting down with you at the Dona International Conference in October, and it was so lovely to meet you IRL and to chat about our favorite topic, besides Emily and Jen's other favorite topic, which is chickens. But I digress. (laughs) We are not talking about chickens today. We are, of course, talking about perinatal mental health and supporting folks in the perinatal period. Um, And we're pumped that you offered to sit in the pod studio with us and chat about all the things. Normally, for all, as all of our listeners know, we usually have one guest at a time, but we've got double the fun today. It's like a double mint gum commercial. Commercial? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh huh. (laughs) We're excited to have both of you here. So we're going to start off. With some uh, questions for Julie, 
So, Julie, if you don't mind giving us a little bit of an introduction to who you are, you don't need to give us like your social security number and like credit card number <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that, but just just a little bit of an intro to who you are. Sure. I am Julie. I'm Jen's younger sister by five years. I had my first and only baby in April of 2020, right when the pandemic started and had a little bit of a rough time with postpartum anxiety and depression. Well, yeah, really glad that you're here. Emily, do you want to ask the next question or or am I doing it? We are very professional I, I'm here. in. Hey, hey, I've got <laughs> okay. this. Okay. Settle down. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So can you tell us what role like perinatal mental health complications played in your journey? Yeah, I had um, acquired just generalized anxiety in college. And Relatable. the way that I knew I had a problem was really defining my worth by the letter grade that I got. So if I yeah. got a C, then that means that I am a C as a person. So I started going to therapy and that was probably, you know, five years before I had my little Tate. And so I was really nervous. I had heard really terrible things about postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And yeah. whenever the pandemic hit, it just added another layer of things to be afraid of and intrusive Absolutely. thoughts and isolation. And, you know, I knew that being a new mom, I would be the person with like the stand of hand sanitizer and like wipes and like everything, you know, you can't, you can't wear your shoes in the house. Like I would be so cautious, but then you add on pandemic like zip up this hazmat and suit. your <laughs> your whole world is just this eight pound little loaf of bread who can just easily easily be squashed mm -hmm. that was really really hard and you know thankfully my sister was there during part of my delivery and she was always so respectful and like overly accommodating to any of my like ridiculous requests as far as like cleanliness and, <laughs> and sanitizing mm. Oh, because you delivered in the post shutdown, right? So yeah, we were like newly mouth, shut yeah. down on all the things. It was a pandemic baby. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. We, okay. Right. It was April of 2020. And with the isolation of being a new mom, plus the isolation physically from all of the people that I care about, not having them at the hospital, not being able to have them over, like, for dinner and just really feeling the support around me really created like the perfect storm for anxiety and depression to brew. And it came on a lot worse than I had ever thought it would. I had never experienced intrusive thoughts before. I have always found a lot of value in being on this earth. And my mind started exploring other options. And mm -hmm. that was really, really scary because like I said, this loaf of bread is the most important thing in my life. And I couldn't really understand or justify within my mind how I could be a good mom, but also have these thoughts. Like that cannot coexist. Yes. So mm -hmm. with my therapist that I found about a year after I gave birth, she's really helped me through all of these challenges. I actually found her through you guys. Ooh. So when I was giving birth, I have this obsession with Guy Fieri. 
And we were watching guys' grocery (laughs) games while I was delivering. Mm -hmm. And while you were delivering, like it was on the TV, you're just like pushing and and, and guys like, you have 30 more seconds. (laughs) And you're like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My doctor, she finally said to turn the TV off because they were, they were cooking and this woman had just gotten kicked off. And I was like, how is she mad? How is she confused? She got kicked off. She made grilled cheese and tomato soup. Like you're on TV, like do better. And so (laughs) my doctor was like, okay, maybe we can focus up here. (laughs) But anyway, Chef Artie Sequeira was on there raising money for Postpartum Support International. And I had remembered that and followed you guys on Instagram. And during a really dark moment when I just really needed a flashlight, I had messaged you guys on Instagram and just said, I need help. And that was really it. And from there... I was wow. connected with someone and they found my therapist. And like whoever is running the social at that time, I don't remember. I'm sure like, you know, came in and was like, okay, here, like, here are your, like, here's what you do. Here are the steps. Here are the, like, access to resources. Yeah. But even more than that, they really, they didn't just give me the recipe. They helped me make it. They checked with my insurance and they made sure to find, they gave me three options for someone who is in my area who accepted my insurance, like they took so many steps to make sure that I was okay. Because Mm -hmm. whenever you're in these really dark and isolating moments and you can't really take the next right step, it's so hard to to find the oomph to actually make a call and schedule an appointment. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to know what the next right step is. And to even message somebody on Instagram might feel like a big deal. Like, Like it takes a lot of effort just to do that. And so I think it's really cool that whoever you reached out to at PSI was able to give you like, you know, three people that you could reach out to. And here's the information, man, that just, that's so hard to do for the person seeking help, you know, in that time. So yeah, that's also changed the way that I hear about my friends who are in that cloudy period. Oh yeah. Yep. You know get their information as far as what they are looking for and take all of these hard steps for them and just say, here you go. And you can choose. It's hard to know what to do. So, yay. I feel like you have answered a lot of our other questions. So, well, let me, let me back up a little bit because you just talked about your experience, but did this experience finding this therapist, did it lead to like a diagnosis? Did you do the name it to tame it as it were where you were like okay this is like postpartum related or like postpartum was the added layer on perhaps like a normal general anxiety disorder you know your garden variety type like did they help you navigate that part of it or was identifying it or naming it not really something that mattered to you because it's that's not true for everybody you know It was important that I knew that this would be over eventually and this would, I would be able to see my way out of the woods. And there wasn't like an official, like extra diagnosis. It was just within the things that you already struggle with. This is an added layer that we're going to navigate. And Uh she taught me like notice, label, validate. You know, I feel Mm. this way in my body. I'm going to label it as 
you know, fear or anxiety or an intrusive thought. And, you know, it's justified that I feel that way. But now let's let's take it and put it in its rightful place. Right. Okay. One final follow-up question. When you were noticing these things, like what is one that like stands out? Like were you like, oh, I noticed tension in my shoulders, like pit of my stomach? Like how did it show up physically? That's a really great question. I think it was like almost a nauseating feeling in my stomach. Mm-hmm. And before I was able to notice label validate, it would stay for a while. And I would just have these ruminating thoughts. And, you know, intrusive thoughts are so contagious. And if I did any kind of research on intrusive thoughts and leared what other people's were, yeah. they would, you know, manifest. You're like, that one sounds good too. Brain. Let me add that to the <laughs> yeah. Rolodex. Let me try that one out. <laughs> it's mostly just nausea. And I think the nausea also came from like, how is this my life? How I'm so nervous to go forward if this is my life. I have another follow-up question. <laughs> we have a host of questions and follow-up questions. Did you tell your therapist, I'm having these really scary thoughts did it take a while for you to open up and tell somebody that you're having the scary thoughts? It did. I think, okay. you know, I was so excited to finally be connected with someone. And whenever you first get a new therapist, it has to feel like the right fit for the both of you. And the anxiety that was in my life at the time was, let me be as accommodating as possible. And like my biggest struggle when I first started therapy was watching the time because I wanted to be wrapped up in a bow at the time we're supposed to end. And that was my Mm. job. That's my responsibility to make sure she doesn't feel like I need more help, I guess, or that she has to take any extra time for me. So I was constantly thinking of like, how, how can I best put this to where I'm her favorite client and I'm making her job easy. And, you know, we had to really work on it. And so for me to be able to take those walls down of like imperfection or take the walls down of trying to be perfect and trying to prevent as this case that's so easily solvable, then I was able to be really honest about the feelings that I was having. And I would always preface before I would tell her anything, like, please don't judge me. She's like, oh, it's like like she's literally heard it all, just like labor and delivery nurses have seen it all. (laughs) Like, it's like you're about to see a vagina that looks really weird, but like therapists have heard it all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Julie, thank you for sharing so much with us. Um, Now you can put your feet up for a couple minutes while we grill Jen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're not gonna grill her. They're they're not they're this is not a an investigation. So Jen, without any further yes, ado, ma'am. are you ready to get a little personal? I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. Uh Jen, could you please give us a little bit of an introduction into who you are? Sure. Um, my name is Jen Hamilton. I am a labor and delivery nurse in North Carolina and I have a lot of online buddies um, to the tune of 3 million. 
I talk about evidence-based practice. I talk about taking the fear out of labor and birth and chickens. I do have two indoor chickens that I put diapers on so they can live in my house. I also have two human chickens, boys, that uh, don't wear diapers in the house. Mm-hmm. And they are cool. And yeah, that's about it. <laughs> well, I think that about covers it. Thanks for being on the yeah. podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Story time really quick. TikTok knew, like I joined in 2020 and I was like, listen, what the hell else am I doing right now? Like, let's just be entertained. <laughs> and TikTok was like, you know who you need to follow? You like birthy things and chickens. <laughs> so like <laughs> early on, I was like, oh, she's funny. I'm into it. Thank you. And also evidence-based. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. So, Jen, could you tell us a little bit about how perinatal mental health complications, anything perinatal birth related plays a role in your personal or and or professional life? Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't really have a good personal understanding of what perinatal mental health was like or what it could be like until I saw it in my patients and then also got to experience it with my sister. So with both of my kids, I really didn't have postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, but Mm -hmm. I think that me seeing it in real life in somebody that I really truly loved has made me a more empathetic and compassionate nurse and taking the extra steps that maybe I might not have having not had that experience. So for instance, you know, in our admission checklist that we have to go through, we have all these quadrillion questions that we have to ask, you know, like, do you know where your next meal will come from? Do you have problems with transportation? Like all that stuff. Some of those questions are like, do you have any thoughts of hurting yourself or anyone else? And then it's kind of like a short questionnaire. But one of the questions that I add on top of that is, have you experienced postpartum depression or anxiety before? Like if they've had babies before. And then I always give (laughs) the caveat that having babies can do stuff to our brains that makes us have scary thoughts or things that you never thought that you would feel or experience before. And I want you to know that this is common, but it is not normal. And that there are so many things that we can do to make you feel better if you have that happen. So I want to go ahead and take away the shame and guilt of feeling that way before it happens. And then I also have a conversation Mm -hmm. with the support person in the room saying that if you see her being you know, overwhelmed or anxious to the point of not being able to feel like she can cope or carry on. You need to be her advocate and speaking up and getting her help. Because sometimes you, just like Julie said, like you can't even imagine doing the next thing. So oftentimes we as women will just not say anything. But if you have a support person who's really in tune to you, you know, and you're in the way that you are, they can pick up on those subtle cues before they become really, really scary stuff. But yeah, I think that having that conversation in labor before you get to the point where you're at home, you're like, there is something wrong with me, kind of helps to take away the shame and guilt of those feelings before they happen. I really like how you 
just use plain language also. Like you may have some scary thoughts that pop into your head that might feel out of the ordinary. I didn't know what intrusive thoughts were or postpartum anxiety, or I didn't know what OCD was. But when you say it the way that you're saying it, it's like, oh, okay. You know, you're putting that on people's radar. And if it's already happening, then. I have a friend who's also a nurse who said that she did not even realize that she had postpartum depression or anxiety because the intrusive thoughts became Mm -hmm. normal. So, um, you know, we can desensitize ourselves to really scary stuff, kind of getting to a point where those intrusive thoughts Mm. or the scary things aren't scary anymore, and we don't do anything about it because it becomes normal, because we forget what it could feel like to feel good or feel um, peace. Exactly. Which takes us back to what you just said, which is that it's common, but not normal. And so like when something that is common, but not normal becomes our norm, we then think, oh, like this is, this is just how I operate. This is how it is. Yeah. Okay. What other things do you do that support folks in the perinatal period? I would argue that you could uh, list your TikToks as <laughs> evidence for sure, because I think there's a lot of valuable information there. But are there other things that you do professionally or personally that are like connected to that piece of it? Because labor and delivery is really like a specific period of time, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, a couple of years ago, I started a nonprofit called Hot Mess Express. Um, And it's basically a group of moms who just get together and rescue other moms who are really, really struggling. So sometimes that means somebody going through postpartum, but it could also mean like, hey, I lost my partner or, hey, my child is sick or, hey, you know, I am struggling with my mental health and all of the things that are already overwhelming to moms, like cleaning your house and you know, doing dishes, laundry, organization, those things are already overwhelming to just everyone. But those things become so overwhelming that they don't get done. And so we as moms, it was just a non-judgmental group of moms, we go and we rescue those moms. So we send them out the house for a few hours. And then we have like eight to 10 volunteer moms who come (laughs) in and we do their dishes, laundry, organize, and we just give them like a reset. So the whole thing is that we all go through those moments where we feel like we can't do it anymore. And so being able to take away that part of the overwhelming stuff that's going on can give you enough of a reset to kind of feel like you can do the next right thing. So I think that even more than just the Hot Mess Express stuff, it's just normalizing being not okay so that we have the strength and bravery to say, you know, I'm not okay. So if if anybody watches anything that I put out for any amount of time, you can see I'm a hot mess and I will be the first to admit it. So (laughs) I think that the sooner we take away this like Instagram filter mom life situation, the better, because that's not real life. I think that we collectively have to just say, you know, I'm not okay. And that's okay. I remember when our local news station came over to Jen's house to talk about Hot Mess Express. And 
I saw the background of her house. I'm like, Jen, you didn't even clean before they came. And she's like, that's the point. Like if more people were like her that are in the spotlight that people look up to on TikTok, on social media can take their camera and just zoom out from the one corner of their house that's perfect and show the rest of the world that like, you know, you don't have to have a Pinterest worthy laundry room in order to be a happy person. You don't have to have all of your kids' artwork perfectly hung to be a good mom. And I've just loved mm-hmm. that she just keeps it real like that. Appreciate you. No, no. I'll pass her $5 for saying the nice <laughs> stuff about me. <laughs> it's like, everyone needs a hype squad. We can just like do that for each other a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm surrounded by piles of all kinds of wild things. So let's just keep it real. Okay. So... Have you, as an influencer, seen or interacted with anyone who is going through like a perinatal mental health situation? What could you do? What are you? I mean, you're not bound to do anything at all. But I think when we're all good people and we want everyone to be able to live their best life and mental health complications absolutely get in the way of that. So, like, how do we? Or how do you navigate that? Like, do have you had people like slide into your DMs and be like, I'm not okay? Yeah. What is that like? That's probably been the hardest part of this life. And it's just because people want to find somebody who gets it and who can help them. And so I am but one mm-hmm. person. <laughs> and so that has been a really tough thing to navigate. Yes. And I'd say that I'd say that 90% of the people who reach out and say, I'm not okay. It's based on a birth experience that they had that has kind of, I believe, triggered some of this postpartum depression anxiety. So I also think that having a very, Mm -hmm. very strict birth plan can lead to postpartum depression and anxiety because there's this sense of grief that you're dealing with if it doesn't come to fruition in the way that you hoped. That's why I talk all over the country about preventing birth trauma and, you know, how we as caregivers and people in the hospital, no matter what someone's birth plan is, and no matter what happens, we can make sure that they are heard, seen, believed, listened to, respected, empowered, all of those things, regardless of what happens. So for me personally, I've had to In order to protect my own mental health, kind of refer people to, I have great ideas on how that they can, you know, process their birth trauma. And I think that one of the first steps is getting clarity on what happened, because there's a lot of birth trauma stories that I consume, whether someone sends them to me or videos that I see, and they describe a very, very normal course of labor and birth. But because no one talked to them compassionately Mm -hmm. or empathetically, or no one explained to them what was happening, they left that birth experience feeling grief. And that just kind of set the Mm. tone for their postpartum life. And so one of the things I tell people to do is to go get your medical records. If you feel like you are in a headspace to do this, but to get your medical records, And take them to your care provider and have them go through it with you. Like make a whole appointment just for that so that you can begin to move forward. But yeah, a lot of people that reach out to me that are not doing okay, it is mainly 
for that. And I think that comes from just the stuff that I do on the internet, um, talking about birth trauma. That's kind of where people are seeking clarity from me. And it's hard for me because I I can only go by what you're, you know, what you're saying. I wasn't there. You know, I need to, I don't have any records. I don't, you know, it's very difficult for me to act in that way. So I highly encourage people who are dealing with postpartum depression and anxiety where they feel like they're ruminating a lot on what happened in that birth space to get clarity on what happened. Mm-hmm. For Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Quick note, I'm pretty sure that PSI has a birth trauma support group that they run at a regular interval. Oh. So I will verify that and uh, make sure to send you the link so that when people are like asking that about amazing. that, that they can sign up. Yes. And uh, yes. sorry, support group people, because you're about to have an influx. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. But also referring them to the places that I know can help them. So not only saying, Hey, go, go talk to your doctor, but here is an amazing resource that can help you to process what's going on. And I talk about PSI. Thank you, Jen. Thanks. That's fabulous. What was the original inspiration for becoming an advocate for Mm. birth, for yeah, like take all of us the things back. that you're doing. Yeah. Like yeah. you weren't always on TikTok. You were, right. I'm assuming, a labor and delivery nurse first. And then you're like, <laughs> I should get on the internet. Tell us. Let's go back. So. How did this um, start? <laughs> similarly to Emily's start on TikTok, we had a pandemic. And I did not want to oh. download another app because I knew it would take my whole time up And it has, but I found (laughs) that whenever I was on the internet, it was not just cat videos or chicken videos. I was being able to connect with the patients that I would see in the future, hypothetically. You know, like I'm seeing pregnant people talking Mm -hmm. about the things that are scary to them. I'm seeing people who are preparing for labor or are in labor talking about what's going on. And I'm also seeing people talking about their birth experience and how they were not listened to or not heard. And I assumed wrongly that everyone is just loves labor delivery nurses and everybody has a great time and hero, hero nurse, like everybody loves us. Uh And that was not the case. And so I quickly learned that sometimes we're the enemy. (laughs) And instead of being defensive of that and being like, no, we're great. I owned that. Like, yeah, you're right. There are some times that people suck. And so I think that it was important for me not only to be an advocate for mm-hmm. patients and their education and talking about things that they need to know before they go in, but also being an advocate for education for nurses and how we can be better, compassionate, empathetic mm. communicators um, and taking every opportunity to talk with our patients throughout the process to prevent the birth trauma that is happening. Because I'd say, I dare say that 90% Mm -hmm. of birth trauma has nothing to do with what happens to you, but is what is happening around you. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to mean that you had an emergency C-section. It doesn't have to mean that, you know, your baby was born with a vacuum or your baby went to the NICU. It could mean like no one listened to me whenever I said I was in pain or 
no one took me seriously or something happened and no one explained to me what was going on. So I think that we could prevent about 90% of the most traumatic things that happen in labor and birth just by having compassionate and empathetic communication. Absolutely. Bam. Before we move on to the lightning round, which we're going to do in a second, what you just said reminds me of like one of the TikToks that you had. I don't even remember what year of the pandemic it was from. Nobody kept track of the time. No, time was a social construct. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But you shared a post about like you were talking about the need to treat women of color who are in labor differently because we are trying to like deconstruct the like systems of racism that are causing greater harm to women of color in labor and delivery than to, you know, their white peers. And what you just said, like ties perfectly back to that because it's all about like listening to understanding and then taking seriously, like, whatever the patient is saying in the moment. Like, if the patient is saying, like, something doesn't feel right or, like, my body doesn't feel okay, then that could be an indicator that there's something more serious happening, right? Can you just give us a refresher? Yeah, absolutely. So Black women are four times as likely to be harmed in childbirth and beyond. And I am not comfortable with that statistic. I That should never be an okay thing. And I don't think that that is something that we should ever be desensitized to. And so I said out loud on the internet that I treat Black women differently. And you admit there were some people that got very upset about (laughs) that. But it's the same thing that is, Mm -hmm. if I know that my patient, for whatever reason, is four times as likely for anything, I am going to go above and beyond to reverse that statistic as much as I possibly can. And I think that these are the women that need the most advocacy in labor. I'm not saying that I, that I give other people less. That's not what it means. It's a, I'm just saying that it is my duty as someone who cares for them to make sure that they are heard, that they are respected, that they are listened to that nothing is done to them, only for them, that they have autonomy over their body and their choices. And I want to be able to give that back to them because it has been taken from them for so long. Damn, I just got goosebumps. For real. Slow clap that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that was my response to the post. I was like, I'm just here to... uh bear witness to this that's happening. So thank you for using your platform for something like that. Like, oh yeah. So important. Okay. Ready for the lightning round? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, normally we just have one person. How are we going to do this? Uh, Ask the question and they both answer. Yeah. We should make them fight over who gets to answer first. (laughs) Okay. We'll have like a buzzer. (laughs) Sister sister squabble. Okay. A buzzer. (laughs) Yeah. Dang. Oh, geez. Okay. I like this. This is very impromptu. I'm into it. Okay. Besides this podcast, what is your favorite podcast that you'd like to recommend? Dateline. (laughs) Oh. There's a Dateline podcast? Hang on a second. (laughs) Just a second. We're not done with you, Jen. Hang on. Dateline like 
like the show in the 90s that was on at like yes. 9 p.m. and they're and it's like a basically it's, it's still, still on. on it's still on we're gonna get canceled Keep by listening. nbc or something i know i'm gonna cancel <laughs> you for this for not knowing jen damn it jen knock it off oh, i know i'm sorry what is it fine okay dateline we'll put that in the show notes we'll put a link to that podcast in the okay. show notes Perfect. okay Emily, Julie, any, uh, any other? (laughs) My sister and I are very different because I like to watch TV and listen to podcasts to relax. (laughs) And she likes to use it to To not get murdered. Yeah. To not get murdered. That's my plan. Yeah. Do you want to my plan for if someone tries to murder me? I have a plan. I mean, sure. (laughs) We're here. Okay. Okay. (laughs) If someone tries to murder me, I am going to out crazy them. Okay. So that means like, oh, okay. Acting like I'm possessed or like taking off my clothes and like, <gasps> you know, I'm biting, biting that like there's a cat around, bite it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. There's a cat around. I don't know how we got here. <laughs> Dateline. Dateline is how we got here. No, I know. But yeah. I mean, I asked for a podcast recommendation and all of a sudden Jen's like, here's how I'm going to survive if I'm being attacked. No yeah. clothes. Act like a cat. So bite the cat. Oh, but Oh, oh, gotcha. Okay. Thanks for clearing okay. that up. Okay. Next question. Do you prefer a book in your ear or a book in your hand? I've tried to listen to like book like audio books oh. as I walk, and then I just have to like rewind every fifteen seconds because I zoned out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Does is there is there sister congruence or is there sister divergence on this issue? Neither. <laughs> I don't like books, which is ironic because I'm writing. It's one, fine. So that's cool. Funny. What? Wait a second. Hold on. I'm exclusive. I know. It's exclusive content. Is this top secret? It's top secret, but I'll tell y'all. Okay. It's going to be about life lessons from being around people in labor and birth. So it's like stories that I've collected over the years, taking out all of the nice. the identifying information, but keeping the essence of the story. Yeah. And um, it's going to be called Birth Vibes, and it's talking about like the the humanity part of birth. Yes, because birth is also an institution. But if you take the institution, if you take sort of the procedural stuff out, what you have is human connection. Yeah. I'm going to quote you on that. I mean, that's part of why, a huge part of why we're doing the podcast, because we need to hear from each other. I didn't start mm-hmm. talking about my postpartum experience um, with anybody in my house, with my doctor, until I heard one of my friends speaking about her experience with postpartum anxiety and depression and OCD on a podcast. And I was like, oh, okay, I think I can talk about it now. Like, like I saw somebody do it. You know, if somebody, oh man, I'm excited to read your book that you're working on. Yeah, that's going to be good. Yeah, because we need to hear each other's stories, you know? So, ah, that's incredible. Yay. Okay. Are you currently reading or listening to anything that you need to recommend? I, it doesn't have anything to do with birth. <laughs> I said Dateline. No, so it's okay. I think rules are off. Oh, also, like, yeah. Yeah, no, there are no rules. It does not need to be perinatal, mental health related. We've got, I mean, 
three quarters of the people that have been on the pod are like murder pod fans. Like they love listening to like true crime. So yeah, can't do it. I know. I'm with you. High five. (laughs) Yeah, I love like I'm I'm not a fiction girl. The way that my brain is wired is how can I be like the most efficient during every moment of the day? And so if I can read and it Mm. can be self-care, but also like learn something along the way. So I read a book over the summer called I will teach you to be rich and it's all about automating your finances. And it has been such a game changer for me. And it's great. I'll like the mental load of having to manage as a parent has just, it's been amazing. Uh, Next question. What is your go-to for a quick mental break? (laughs) Ice cream cone from (laughs) Chick-fil-A. I, I'm not going to lie. I think I have an ice cream cone every day. I think that's a great idea. Ice cream this cones is are great. Judgment I am zone. also team ice cream. Nice. Jen, mental breaks? How do you take mental them? Mental breaks. It's a great question. Do I take them? Probably <laughs> just. Ooh. Okay. All right. Pimple popping on the internet. How has nobody said that Joy yet? so embarrassed to me right now. <laughs> I, if I, if I, Julie's to not going to be on the podcast anymore. She's all, she's all done. She's going to excuse herself. <laughs> Is that embarrassing to you, Julie? <laughs> no, it's not embarrassing. It's just like, yeah. How can you be like this? Okay. <laughs> she's, okay she is not on this. Like, she, we knew from a young age that she was not going to be a nurse. Like, my mom is a nurse. I knew from a young age I want to be a nurse. Her, no, we, we knew that. So, like, her imagining me relaxing by watching a hella delicious cyst get excised is not her version of fun. <laughs> hella yeah. delicious. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like she said, we're the, I think we have the same like life values, but like the surface level stuff. No, we're very different. Yep. Keeps things I spicy, keeps, you know? Yeah. I was going to say that keeps things interesting. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. What is your best parenting hack? Reverse psychology. Okay. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I don't want you to get dressed and put your shoes on. Yes. Please don't take your cup and put it in the sink. I would hate it if you did that. And then it magically happens. I don't know what the deal is with children and not wanting to, you know. Here's. I need to say something about Julie. Julie is the best mom of anybody that I know. Okay. Stop it. The level. Of self-awareness and emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. that my sweet nephew Tater Biscuit has, I've never seen it. Like he can can get upset. Biscuit. (laughs) Yeah. He can get upset and he can Mm -hmm. take breaths, take deep breaths and calm himself down. What do you say to him when he's getting that way? I saw the video. Yes. Yeah. When he was little, the way I like started it was like blow out the candle so i'd like hold my finger right here and just like blow Mm. out the candle blow out the candle and so that would like help him calm down but i just have a really big responsibility raising a boy into a man who knows where things are in his house and who knows how to recognize overwhelmed women and how to advocate for women and how to respect women and know that no means no like I am so passionate about raising 
my yes. son to be not only a great husband one day, if he so chooses, but also just to be a really self-aware, emotionally intelligent human. So thank you. That's very kind. I need to have like a little Julie on my shoulder when I'm feeling heated yeah. going, okay, Danny, blow out, blow out my fingers. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I'm going to try to remember that. That's good. That's, stuff. A, that's a good one. Look at that. That's such lovely sisterly love too. Danny, you have to ask your radical question. Oh, okay. Are you about ready to get radical? What is one way that you will show yourself a little radical love today? Okay, I'm not. <laughs> yes. My mind went one place, but I won't say that. All right. What do you mean by radical? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> can mean whatever you want it to mean. We're all adults here. <laughs> this isn't okay. a children's show, so. It's not. Okay. <laughs> so I had somebody pick up my laundry today to do it for me. That's really good. That's radical love. Oh, you know? huge. That is radical. Yeah. Yes, but what's funny is I'm such a people pleaser that I did not want to overwhelm her. So I already washed and dried my clothes. And then I just sent them to her to fold. A pathological people pleaser. <laughs> I'm a pathological people pleaser. I need to get better at that. But I'm glad that she's going to fold my clothes. You know what? Delegating is where it's at. Yes. Congratulations. Well done, Jen. Julie, what about you? Are you going to show yourself radical love? Well, I already had my ice cream cone today. <laughs> Boom. She okay. me a lemonade also. <laughs> yeah. I have been really into the Swiss cheese model of self-care where... Have mm. you ever heard of the Swiss cheese no. model? What is that? This is new. I've given a speech at work. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Okay. All right. So if you have like four or five slices of Swiss cheese and Swiss cheese has holes in it, right? So let's say one slice of Swiss cheese represents taking a walk when you really don't want to or free, fitting your body what it needs or drinking your water or socializing or speaking to a therapist. All of these things combined will protect you from the stressors of life and mitigate any oh. really disastrous effects from stress. But if we just, if I just say, well, I only need to walk today and I'm going to isolate myself and I'm not going to eat. There's holes in that. You know, there are things that are going to happen and going to penetrate the cheese. So I've been really into the, the Swiss cheese model of self-care. So I think what mm -hmm. I need today is a good walk outside in addition to my ice cream cone mm. plan. Oh, it's yeah. balance. That I can't is, believe I just said that in yeah. one. Like, I need my ice cream cone and, and a walk. walk. <laughs> Not as a punishment, but just to be outside. No. To me, walking is like, uh, it's physical. It's, some, it's something that my body is doing, which sort of gives my brain a chance to process other things. Change of scenery. And when it's sunny out, like, it... It feels like I'm not trapped in a room. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm here. I'm on the earth. Like, I'm, it's a little bit different than like, I don't know, hopping on the treadmill. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if you're just going for a little stroll, like that doesn't land the same that like seeing trees or seeing a sidewalk can do. Yeah. Emily, are you ready to ask your hard, your hardest hitting question of this entire slow lightning round? Why? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. Let's do it. How do you take your water? Is it filtered through coffee beans? Is it ice? No ice. Bubbles, no bubbles. Flavor, no flavor. 
I aspire to drink more water. I'm looking for inspiration. Please help. (laughs) Send help. Dry. Because I don't drink water. I don't drink. I I don't know. That's not true. I don't know how I'm alive. (laughs) I'll get to the end of the day and be like, man, I really don't feel good. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's true. And Brian will be like, well, how much water did you drink today? And I'll say, and he's like, you've had three meals today. I was like, I know. What did you have to drink with them? Um, there was, you know, some sort of like my my chicken nuggets were juicy. That's yeah. where I get my water. So don't ask me. I am not the person to ask. But Julie, however, is well hydrated. Yeah, we will not ask you about your water. Julie? Okay, no. so Julie. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I I really like to romanticize my life as much as I can. So if I can find like a, a really pretty bottle that will get me excited for a few months. Mm. I will do that. And I'm trying to just like get rid of one cup okay. before mm-hmm. I add another one. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't work that way. But if mm-hmm. I can say, oh, look at me and I'm I'm walking around the neighborhood and look at my pretty cup and I don't know, it just makes me feel like Is special. Yeah. So anyway, iced mm-hmm. and water. On top yeah, I'll drink it. some water if it's in a cute cup. <laughs> nice. Exactly. Okay. I think the only other thing that I would love to ask is if folks would like to get a hold of either of you, um, like what's the best way to do that? Email, social media. Do you not want to be contacted? That's also okay. (laughs) (laughs) Totally fine. Yeah, you can find me on all the socials if you just type in Jen Hamilton. And uh, my email is hello at jenhamilton.co, not .com. And I think I'm just Julie Koontz, but you can probably find me on Jen's page. Okay. I should should figure out what my handle is, actually. Great. Julie.Koontz. Perfect. Well, Emily, would you like to take us out? Yes. Okay. I need to tell a story. Oh. It's going to take a second. (laughs) When I went to the donut website and saw that you were going to speak, I was like, maybe she knows about PSI. And then I realized, Jen, step to the side. We want to talk to Julie. And this has been (laughs) the most fun to talk to both of you and to watch you guys be sisters together. I don't have one, so kind of jelly. Yeah, my my eyes watered a couple of times, man. Yes. Thank you for the work that you are doing. Thank you for saying what's true and what's real. It is a gift to do it. Every time. Mm-hmm. So thank you for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Thank Aww. you for having us. Thanks for tuning in to the I Am One podcast. Check out today's show notes where we'll drop links to all the important things that we mentioned in this episode. Please consider sharing about I Am One on social media and following and rating our show wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. It only takes a minute of your time and, well, that'll help our collective mission of bringing resources and local support to folks worldwide. From everyone here at PSI, thanks again for listening.